saw the sun, I saw the sky, I could see everything all of a sudden. Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. This is a new segment titled Perspectives. Each episode will feature perspectives about vitiligo from our family members, friends, colleagues, associates, and from our youth. For more information about BitFriends Podcast, you can visit us at www.bitfriends.org. You can also call me at 1-844-374-3639, extension 4. You can also email me at lllpodcasts at gmail.com. BitFriends Podcast is sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Welcome to Living Life in Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Today's show is another episode of Perspectives. And this time we're going to talk about relationships. Yes, we've had our relationship podcast before, actually twice. However, this is the third time around, but it's going to be a part of my Perspectives conversation. So I have a panel here. I have James and Tanya Smith. Welcome to the Smiths. I have Darius. I have Hope. Millicent and myself. So it's a little different than last time, but guess what? We still gonna have this wonderful conversation. So for my guests, y'all are welcome to say hello to the listeners. So I'll let you do that at your discretion. Hello, listener. Uh, like I said, my name is uh, James Smith. Um, I'm a native of New Bern, North Carolina. Um, I'm married for 24 years. We have three wonderful children. Um, as we said in the pre-show, um, we are now empty nesters. So we're enjoying that new phase of life. It's like I got to figure out who this person is all over again, um, but I won't uh, belabor the point. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Hello, everyone. My name is Tanya Smith. Um, as James said, we've been married for 24 years. I'm from Santee, South Carolina. I'm a graduate of South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. My name is Darius Dempsey. Uh, I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Now I'm residing here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, <clears throat> been married for 16 years now, divorced about five years, have two beautiful kids, uh, both in college, and um, I'm ready to talk about this discussion on relationships. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Hope Carter. I am originally from Oklahoma and currently in Houston, Texas. I'm divorced with two adult children and I'm interested in, in, in hearing the other perspectives of everyone. So I'm happy to join the conversation. Hi, this is Melissa Meadows from Connecticut. Welcome to the podcast. I'm single with a 27-year-old son, empty nester. So um, that's about it. All right. And I'm your host, Mark Braxton. And um, yeah, I was married. I'm divorced. I have two kids. I have one son that's 20, a daughter that's 13. So yeah, you know, we're going to get into this conversation about relationships and all that good stuff. So let's start here. I have five topics I want to talk about. And the first one is, who are you talking to? So let's start there. Minding your business and keeping your friends, family, and your family out of your relationship business. So let's talk there. Because I think that's important. Because let's be real. Sometimes when we are in our relationships, whether you're married or dating, you have a lot of outside influences that are that are in your ear. Tell me what you should and should not do. 
he or she is not good enough for you. You could do better. They don't look as good as the last person, blah, blah, blah. So let's, let's unpack that. Let's talk a little bit about ways that we can keep those bugs out of our ear. Yes, I'm calling them bugs. Keep those people out of your ear. So it doesn't matter who starts somebody, your thoughts, just jump right in. I'm going to say something. Um, this is Millie. Unfortunately, that does happen a lot, right. a lot. And like you said, they go by what their friends or family say, not what their heart says, you know? And um, so you never know, uh, you know, how God brings somebody into your life and you may miss your blessing just by listening to what somebody else says. So, you know, I believe always go with your heart. Always go with your heart. Because while your family member telling you this person ain't right, she don't look as good as so-and-so. Meanwhile, th- that person getting married next month, a couple of months, and you coming to this one single because you gave up somebody that he told you wasn't good enough for you. So you just got to be cautious. I say, I always say, you know, listen to your heart. And sometimes when you do listen to your heart, sometimes that person is not, you know, because you see certain things. But I say, listen to your heart. That's just my perspective. And we'll get to some of those those flags later. Um, but yeah, listen, listen to your heart. We don't always, we shouldn't always listen to other people because sometimes people are jealous. I mean, let's be real. You got people that see that you have a good thing and they might be single themselves and they feel like, okay, I'm going to lose my friend. I'm going to lose my family member. They're going to move on. Next thing you know, they're going to be married to this person. No, I want to keep them right here. And they'll put bugs in your ear and say different things just to keep you single. But what are some of your thoughts, Darius, Hope, James, Tanya? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a balancing act. I mean, let's be honest. Um, it's not always a case of not having someone to talk to or to not talk to someone about your relationship because we sometimes need to have that extra ear. It's just that you got to know the character and um, the motive of the person you're talking to. Do they have your in, your um, relationship, you know, the best interest of your relationship at, you know, at heart? Um, because some people, you know, they don't care. They got bad character and they're just always going to, you know, um, tell you things to rip your, your relationship apart. But then there's others out there that, you know, really want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And just to give an example, um, I have a group of friends and one day we were playing ball. And um, after the game was over, you know, we were sitting down and talking and we started talking to one of our boys about a recent incident with him and his woman. And it wasn't a case of us going, oh man, yeah, forget her, forget her. Like we weren't like on his side, you know, right. per se. It was like, look, nope, there's some things you need to be doing better. You need to do this. You need to listen to her about this, you know, whatever. So it's really about the heart of the people you are talking to. If they don't have your you know, best interest of your relationship at heart, you don't want to share anything with them. But you also got to know what stuff to talk about to people because there's some things that are very personal and you don't need right. to be sharing that. Um, so it's it's kind of like a balancing act. You just got to know who to talk to and who not to talk to. So absolutely. I appreciate that perspective because uh, you know a lot of times we don't we do think about the negative aspect of talking to people, but we don't always think about you got to have the right people to talk to. And the right people will give you good, not always advice, but will steer you in the right direction. So let's go to Hope, and then we'll go to the Smiths. We'll bring it to the married couple at the end. 
No, I, I agree. I think I'm on the opposite side of um, I don't necessarily think about keeping people out of my business. I may have people in my business a little too much, but I don't have people in my life that I don't want to share my business with. If I feel like you're going to put a bug in my ear or you're going to be negative, you're not in my life. So if I can't share whatever is going on in my life with you, you shouldn't be there. Um, so I think just looking back, you know, divorce, I made some of the uh, worst decisions in my in my divorce because I kept people out of my business. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody even knew we were going through a divorce. And so I made decisions based on my own understanding, having never been there um, later to find out, man, that was that was probably not the best thing to do or that was the absolute worst thing to do in terms of finances. Um, so I think you should always. Um, have somebody in your life, people in your life where you can seek wise counsel. And if you find that the people surrounding you are those that are planting bugs or are having jealousy, you need to really look at who's in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and before I get to the Smiths, I'm going to say this, uh, you know, James and I go way back. And I know I hit that rough patch in my life with my relationship, my marriage, but I knew I could talk to James. You know, I could share with what I was going through what I was feeling. Um, and, you know, sometimes for men, that's not easy, you know, cause we like to take on everything. I'm good. I'm good. Nah, I'm straight. But I knew there and, and beyond the brotherhood with the fraternity, I knew as a friend, I can give him a call and say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Or just, just share, you know, and not have to worry about he's going to run with that information. And next thing you know, the whole world's going to know, cause you know, some things are private and personal. Um, just like Darius said, you know, there's certain things you can't share, you know, and there's certain things you should share. And, and just like you said, Hope, you know, you got to have people around you that you can talk to that can guide you in the right direction, steer you in the right direction, give you good counsel. Um, and you got to know who those people are. That's very important. Let's go to the Smiths. My thing, I don't think is uh, really much to add there. Um, I just know that one thing um, I've always been a peculiar, very selective about who's in my circle and who do I get energy from. And I think that kind of bounces up what everybody was saying. Um, a lot of the people, or my friend in my circle, um, they wouldn't put me in situations or circumstances that would jeopardize me or my relationship. So I guess, you know, being around people that have the same mindset, the same goals, those type of things um, kind of makes all the difference. Um, but pretty much everybody pretty much uh, laid on the line early. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate from the panel here, because, you know, this is just an open discussion. Mm -hmm. um, it is non-judgmental, you know, because we all have different experiences and we're all going to bring different uh, perspectives to relationships. But I'm going to go back to the Smiths. We're going to go to the next section, which is, uh, it looks like we have a failure to communicate. So what are some of the things that y'all have done? Because y'all have been together for 24 years. What are some of the things that y'all have done to escape those pitfalls when you're dealing with communication and, and keeping those lines of communications open? Say so we escaped. <laughs> hey, you know. Because yeah. you remember the old game pitfall. You remember the Atari game. You fall in a hole. Sometimes it's hard to get out. Yeah, <laughs> you got to know that pattern, you know. Um. That is so true. I think one of the things we are now realizing is that everybody here has raised children. And I didn't realize how much time 
that consumed as like our lives were consumed about raising the kids, get them off to college, you know, with discussions about school grades and everything. And literally what happened is that when the following got out and the first time, I think the first time Morgan went off to school, we dropped her off to school and we came back home and we sat down on the couch and it was like an awkward silence, like, okay, who's this person beside me? Because <laughs> we had just kind of lost that, those lines of communications. So it's almost like you have to, um, and it's difficult to get in those ruts. We almost have to reinvent or start dating or who are you? What do you like? Those type of things. Because so much time is geared towards schools, organizations, uh, activities we do out in the public, everything. We're so busy that we actually lost that. And now we're actually in the process now trying to find it again, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's not easy. I'll tell you, it's not easy. Hope wow. that makes sense. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And for some of the other panelists, um, what are your thoughts about communication and communicating with, with the person that you are involved with and or somebody somebody you're trying to get to know? Well, um, I think it all starts with first understanding what communication is. Um, unfortunately, as much as we spend all of our human life actually talking, a lot of people don't really understand what communication is. I mean, you know, there, there's some levels, like a lot of people, most people understand uh, or have the idea that it's about expressing your ideas and thoughts, whatever, you know, is on your mind, expressing it to whoever you're talking to. Some people are a little bit further along and they say, well, you know, it's also about listening to get understanding. So a lot of people understand that much, you know, it's not just about, you know, hearing so that you can get, you know, know when you can chime in and say what you got to say, as opposed to actually sitting back and trying to understand what the other person is saying. So some take it to that step, but the part that tends to get missed where a lot of people don't get to is the part of communicating with respect, you know, knowing your audience, you know, as we're all taught and, and, and I believe we probably, I'm pretty sure most of us went to college, it's even taught in high school. If you, if you had to write a paper, I, I believe you were taught at least this, that the audience who you're trying to communicate to matters. Who's your audience, right? Because that matters about how you communicate with them. So it's not just a matter of say, say what's ever on your mind, whatever way you want to say it. Because once you offend the person you're talking to, they're no longer listening. And if they're not listening, you're not communicating. All you're doing is talking, you're just blowing hot air. So it's very important to have respect and be mindful of the person that you're communicating with or that you're talking to because once they become offended, they're going to shut down and they're not going to be listening to understand. You know, they're either going to be walking away or they're just going to be talking back at you. So you just have two people talking at one another. No one's actually communicating and listening. So um, it's very important to understand all three of those parts and how important they are in, in communicating. So uh, I, think, I think that's important going in. Absolutely. Thank you, Darius. Any of the other ladies want to join in? trust no matter who you're communicating with talking to you have to have a level of trust that you trust this person's intent um regardless of what their tone may be what it may perceive what you may perceive their tone to be what you may perceive but if you stay focused on trusting that this person doesn't intend to be disrespectful they don't intend to be hurtful they don't intend to be combative um I, I try to stay mindful of intent. I have a lot of difficult conversations in um, work and it can, it culturally, there can be like, well, who do they 
are you talking to kind of a situation. But the intent is for us to solve this problem. The intent is for us to come to a conclusion together. Uh, we're on the same side. We're not against each other, remembering that, that we're on the same side and we're wanting to get to the conclusion together. Um, but then understanding how someone needs to be communicated with, understanding how they hear, not just hearing, um, but how they hear it. Some people, I mean, in my family, a, to a, a, a term that we use or a statement that we use a lot is too many words. I come from a family full of people with ADHD. You use too many words, shutting down. I heard the first part of what you said, but too many words. Um, and, and just respecting that, asking questions. We often don't ask questions or when you're asked questions that immediately defensive. Oh, oh, you're questioning me. No, I'm trying to understand you. My intent is to understand you, not to offend you. Uh, I think that would help dating really, really a lot if people just focused on those things. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Hope. I appreciate that. Um, I, I have a follow-up um, response too, but Millie? Um, I like how Darius said, you gotta know the, you gotta know your audience. Whether I'm dating a, a professor from Harvard or from a brother that's doing construction on the street, you know what I'm saying. So you have to talk to them that way. Another thing about me is that I'm, I like open conversations. I like honestly, honesty, transparent. I like that. Um, and when it comes to communication, sometimes communication doesn't have to be me talking to you. It could be me sending you a card, sending you. I can send you flowers at your job. To me, that's part of communication. Another thing is. I'm I'm old school. I'm probably the oldest one on this call, y'all. But I'm old school. But it's like pick up the phone sometimes. I ain't got time for all this texting. I have been on the phone where I text. And I was like, you know what? Forget this. And I went like that because by the time you text, text, text. I mean, nothing's wrong with that. But sometimes it's nice to hear that person's voice. Sometimes it's nice to hear that voice. I, you know, text is okay, but sometimes it's nice to hear that voice. So that's, that's my little philosophy when it comes to communication. And then for me, um, I think with especially James and I being married for so long, but it goes back to what everyone else has said. Um, and aligning with, with Covey, seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's about timing and approach. And I think what I've learned is I assume the way I respond to a, a conversation is the way that James would respond. But it took time for me to realize that we're different so i know that there's a specific time there's a specific approach where i'm open i came from a family who talks all the time talks about everything there are no secrets nothing is private and just realizing that my family traditions and structures are different from his family traditions and structures and trying to find a common ground with understanding each other in that perspective when it comes to communicating. James doesn't talk as much as I as I do. Um, but I yeah. Yeah. I'm but, actually an introvert, believe yeah. it or not. Hard yeah. to believe I am an introvert. No, no, I, I know that. You are an introvert, James. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You still yeah. And I also understand that even with time and approach, you have to know how to phrase the question that you want answered. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just to um, kind of piggyback, just to share a little bit about one of my experiences, you know, I, I dated someone that was a cursor. Now, I've, I've heard curse words before. Yeah, great. But it was every five minutes. 
And after a while, it started to bother me internally. I'm like, can you just do me a favor? Can you not curse so much? And of course, by asking that, she cursed more because <laughs> she tried to curse me out because that's the way she was used to talking. And I said, you know, I'm not like that. And, you know, we had to learn how to communicate, which we we failed at it because she had one style, which was very aggressive, very to how she grew up, which I didn't grow up in the same way. So for me, you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it felt, you know, having somebody who's constantly yelling and screaming. And some people can deal with that. And I know myself, when you're doing that, I was shut down. For one, I'm processing what's happening. And, and I think, too, with communication, we got to give people time to process. You know, I know we want instant answers for everything that happens, but there's some people, they have to think about it. Like, wow, you know, let me really think about what you're asking me. And there are times where you have to give an instant answer. You know, you don't have time to wait. But I, I know for myself, I like, I'm a thinker. I have to really think about what I have to say because I want to make sure what comes out of my mouth is appropriate. And especially if we're having a difficult conversation, you know, I, I don't want to spit fire and fire's already being, you know, out there. You know, the other person's spitting fire. I want to be careful on what I say because, you know, in the heat of a argument, we can say things that can really hurt someone. And once that damage is done, it's done. You know, so we got to be mindful of, like you said, your audience, the people you're dealing with. You got to remember that, you know, we all come with feelings. You know, women come with feelings, men come with feelings. And we, I shouldn't say walk on eggshells, but we have to be really careful because we all are delicate in some form, form or fashion. Even these strong, tough men, you got to treat us with, you know, what, what, what does it say on the package? Um, handle with care. We have to handle everybody with care because, you know, we don't know we can break somebody's soul and it may take years for them to get that back. And we just never know that we, we were the ones that did it. James, you have something to say, and he's yeah, back. Especially right. because one thing about it is um, uh, we learned early on that we really have to guard what you say because your spouse, they know everything about you. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. They know your fears. And what happens is in the heat of battle, you don't want to pull out one of those things and, and, weapon, and weaponize the feelings. Once you start weaponizing the secret and you cut a soul it takes it might be irreparable mm -hmm. so that's why when right. the heat of anger comes in and that little tidbit you know about your spouse or your significant other that that's their weakness or hip to the core uh be careful to kind of take a step back and kind of because those i thought about that when you brought that up yeah don't don't weaponize the secrets don't weaponize right. the secrets or the, weak, or goes, the weaknesses the right weaknesses. right and that goes back to what Hope said, trust, you know, because when you're in a marriage or a relationship, you trust the person you're with. So you're going to trust them with the good times, the rough times and the bad times. You're going to share things with them that you may not have shared with anybody else. You know, whether it's something that's very personal, something at work, something intimate, whatever, you're going to share that with that person. And the one thing you don't want to happen is that person take that one thing you shared and use it against you. Because that is that, I call it the Judas dagger. Because once you stab that person in the back, that's it. It's hard to get that trust back. Because then you're going to say, I can't share anything with you because I don't trust you anymore. 
and it's hard to rebuild it, you know, or like James said, you, you can't rebuild it. It'll never get back to where it, the way it used to be. So we have to be mindful of what we do, what we say, how we treat each other is respect. And I think Darius, you were talking about that, you know, that respect factor, you know, when we have that line of communication open, respect how that person communicates, you know, get to know each other. Um, and it's not like Millie said, it's not just talking, it's writing letters, it's nonverbal communication, you know, it's all these things, you know, sometimes it's touch and I'm not talking about intimate touch, you know, I'm talking about just how a person touches you. Are they gentle? Are they rough? You know, you figure these things out about each other, you know, as you're getting to know each other and then, you know, mm, I don't know about this one. So this is going to lead us into our next segment. And this segment is, I ain't got time for that. And with this particular segment, we're going to talk about some red flags and green flags. Cause anytime we talk about something negative, I want us to come back with something positive, you know, some, something to uh, combat that. So just in dating relationships, you know, there, there's a million and one things we could say a red flag. So let's just share kind of our personal, what are some of our, some of our personal red flags? Um, and I'll start for me. I already mentioned it. I don't like somebody who's going to be cursing at me. You know, um, if you can't talk to me as a human being, someone who's civilized, we don't need to talk. We can't have a, that conversation because through your words, I'm going to judge you too. You know, I'm going to see you for who you are, what's coming out. Because if it's coming out of your mouth, it's already in your mind and in your heart. So that's the way I see it. And from there, I'll cut my ties. I see Millie. She's thinking, let's go to Millie. I, I know you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to call you out, Millie. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't because I'm sitting <laughs> here and I'm like, it was a situation I really, I didn't know how to, how to phrase it, how to say it. Um, we just don't want to say any names. We're going to leave the names no, out. No, we're, we're not going to say <laughs> no names. I, I, let me just, I'm just going to say the one, I'm just going to say this, I'm going to move on. Hygiene is very important to me. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, especially during the hot summer. Go here. I didn't want to go, but yeah, to me, hygiene is very important. And right. you got to walk on eggshells when you are talking about that. I've learned that. You got to walk mm -hmm. on it because somebody will get very offensive. So that's all I'm going to say on that subject right there. That's, that's, real, that's important. No, it is important, especially, let's think about it. We've been dealing with extreme heat. I'm just talking about armpit smells. I mean, this is for men and women because I know y'all. For my listeners, y'all can't hear the people laughing, but I can see my 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 um guests laughing. But yeah, it, it's a serious thing. It's 115 degrees, and you walk around with no deodorant. Come on, and then you expect to for people to be attracted to you. Yeah, physically they may say, "Ooh, he or she looks nice," but once they get close to you, they go, "Ooh." But it don't smell nice. Not only that, think about the things we consume. You know, people drink a lot of alcohol. It comes to your pores. You smell. Uh, people that smoke. And I'm not downing anybody who smokes cigarettes or anything else out there. That is your personal choice, just like with alcohol. But these things come through your pores or stay on your clothes or in your hair. And as much as you think you smell good, mm -mm. And everything else you got to take care of, you know, you wash what needs to be washed and brush what needs to be brushed and, you know, use soap and water or extra soap, carry deodorant if you need to. 
uh, do what you need to do that's necessary to take care of yourself, you know. So thank you, Millie, for sharing that. And we're going to go to the next person who wants to share. I think that what red flags are when you are dating are different than when you get married because mm. we tend to tolerate or overlook when we're dating because we tend to over highlight something else to compensate for whatever that red flag is. And then once you get married, those red flags begin to irritate you and you begin to <laughs> the red flags begin to irritate you but now that you're married because the, the goal was to get married you know what well, i can do with this i can change this person right. i can change this about the person so i can handle this until you get you know and then you get married and you realize that your tolerance level is not the same so i think it's important that if you're dating and you recognize those red flags that it's important that you spend time asking yourself if this person does not change am i still willing to be with him or her right right uh mark uh disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> um <laughs> you know the story i met um i met tanya we met tanya i met we I met really? Tanya in uh, 97, October 97, October 90. No, no, July, July 97, July 98, July 98, right? July 98. So when I first met this girl, I said, okay, when I first saw her walking past, driving past in that car and what she had on, I said, I got to get that girl. Now that was July. We got married that October. So we didn't really have that much time to date. We, we married with the two or three months. So I don't think uh, so. Those little red flags, we we worked them out though. But yeah, right. We didn't have time and, to date that much. And before I get Darius in the hole, I would um, advise that though. But but you know, we do see those red flags, and sometimes yeah. we ignore them. They're right there. We see them, and sometimes we ignore them for different reasons. One, sometimes we don't want to be by ourselves. You know, so we stick it out. We think, okay, it's going to be okay. Or sometimes, let's be honest, kids become involved. So you know they're red flags, but now you have a kid and you're like, well, got to stay. Or sometimes it's as simple as you don't see it until you get married. You know, some people don't show red flags. They're good, you know. And after you get married, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. It's not the same person I, I said I do to. You know, where did this come from? It, it has already always been there. Some people are good at hiding. You know, some could people are good at putting up a front. But let's go to Darius and Hope. Whichever one wants to go first. <laughs> I'll go. Uh oh, Darius. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I like that laugh, Darius. It was like, uh -oh. <laughs> uh oh. No. Um. So, few things here. So, I guess one of my biggest things, my biggest red flags, is the energy. Um. While on the you know, now that I'm single and, I, and I'm doing a lot of dating, um, my my issue has always been that there's always this demand that I give a lot of energy, pursue, 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 show my interest, right? But they don't want to give it back. They don't want to put skin in the game. They want me to put all the skin in the game. So if something happens, they walk away, you know, you know, can just, right. you know, brush off their shoulder and they're good to go. I'm the one that's like, oh, you know, because I put all the energy in. 
So that's a red, red flag for me. When I meet a woman that's giving that energy back, that's good. Um, and we were talking about um, one of the key things is like being able to be vulnerable with the person because being able to be vulnerable allows you to build trust. And when you can have that trust, then you can have great communication. You can have that connection. But the things we also have to be aware, you're never going to know everything about a person. It, it, even it I, I takes a lifetime. Right. Yeah. I, I guarantee these two, the, the couple here is still learning more about each other. So you have to keep that in mind. But it's like when you're dating, at least in the dating world, try to be very intentional about your dating. So know the things you need to know that are important to you and try to have those discussions. Um, there's a woman I'm talking to now. And one of the things that I adore about it is that we're able to have those deep, meaningful conversations, not just surface level stuff. Like we're going in. <laughs> we're going in and we're having really good conversation. Um, and so we're learning about one another. So there's like that intent of, okay, look, we're not going to do this organically that you hear all the time. Ooh, uh, let's be organic. So you have all this surface level conversation that doesn't really lead to anything, right? Um, so, so that's important to me, being able to, you know, be vulnerable, have that communication and, and that energy. So without that, that's a red flag and I'm out. So. Absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing, Darius. So we're going to go to Hope and then we're going to flip it over. We're going to go to the green flags. So let's go to Hope. Red flags and we'll go to green. Yeah, I would say that, you know, we're talking about red flags. We always think of it as the other person. It's it's something about the other person that's a red flag. I think that you need self-awareness because regardless of what that red flag is, it's, you know, it's that's a good term. It's It's catchy, but really what it is is an emotional trigger. That red flag is something that triggers something in you that you, if, if you don't know what's being triggered or why, it doesn't matter who you're with, that's still gonna be a red flag. Um, so I think it's more important to know, have that self-awareness, know yourself and know why those things trigger you. Um, and it could be body odor, but I can guarantee you, if you go to your inner child, there's something in that inner child that says, oh, no, I can't deal with that. Whatever it is, that red flag, is, it's, it's about you more than it's about that person. And I think the more you um, learn why you can't deal with those things or why those things cause you to kind of raise up in yourself and reject it, you're going to keep, you're just going to, you're just going to keep going. You're going to, you're going to keep running into it no matter who you're dating, who you're talking to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we get to the green flags, one of the things I discovered with myself, I don't like to be controlled. Um, and that goes back to my marriage. You know, things that happen in my marriage have impacted me in a way where if I see these things where somebody's saying, hey, I want you to do X, Y, Z, you have to do X, Y, Z, you need, it's like, I dealt with that before. I don't want to deal with that again. If we can't compromise and work together to figure things out together, then I, I just, I know myself, I'll walk away, you know? And I feel like this stage of my life, I have the power to walk away from something if I don't like it or if I don't agree with it. Not to say it's always right, but I know I have that power. Um, but I do want to get off of the red flags and move on to the green flags. Some of the positive things we see in people that, 
makes us say, you know what, this person is dating material and or marriage material, you know? And I'm gonna start with something that Darius spoke of earlier, it's energy. What you get from a person can determine whether you can see a future with that person. You know, that energy they give you when you're pouring out into that person and they're pouring back into you, that cha- that can change your whole mindset. Cause I know some of us be like, I'm not getting married again. Nah, I'm not doing that. Then you meet somebody who's giving you what you need in your life and you're giving them and it's like, wait a minute. Hmm. I, I might, um, I might reconsider, but you know, there's some work to do to get there, but still somebody can change your mindset. Um, so let's go to, um, let's go to the Smiths. Y'all, y'all give a, the married couple, y'all give us some of those green flags that y'all saw. Not the bad stuff, but give us some of that good stuff. Mm. <laughs> they still rediscovering. Um, I think when I met James and even, even to this day, I saw him as being a protector. I saw him as being a provider. And it's amazing. I knew then that he was going to be my husband even before we formally met one another. And he's truly been very consistent with that. Our family does not go without. And the same goes for our children. And just to know that if I need something, and I've told him several times over the years, many times over the years, I know that I made some choices <laughs> that were not good choices, but he's always cleaned them up. He's been there to clean them up. He's been there to correct it. He's been there to help. And that has just been such a um, a green flag to me because me as a woman, I want to know that my husband is protecting me. And that's one way that I know that he shows love is how he protects and provides for our family. Well, I think I think that um, one thing about me is that I think one of the ladies said like self-awareness. Um, I clearly knew the type of person I was, right? And I am. And Mark, you know, I could be kind of a know-it-all, headstrong. So I knew that I was going to whoever I was going to marry. It had to be a strong woman who could stand their ground, um, not to take over control, but stand their ground and hold me, make me accountable. And uh, the the first time I when I met Tan, first of all, um, she had to, she had to be about the black community. So once she went to HBCU, that was always that energy, right? That was number one. That was number one. That energy. So there were Mm -hmm. certain conversations we could have without seeing, Mm -hmm. um, even though you can play space, that's on the story. But no, we, um, (laughs) but um, knowing that, um, knowing that, okay, is this a person that I could raise that could be the mother of my children? And another thing is the most important, I mean, could I bring this person around my mother and around my siblings? And those are the things that uh, allowed me to check off in their brain. But the first thing is that um, she had to be someone that was strong and can hold her ground and help me and hold me accountable and make me be a better version, um, better version of myself. And like I said, look, it hasn't been easy over the years. It hasn't been, it's been tough. We've had our uh, tribulations and everything. There'll be times, you know, where we'll sit there and argue all the way to church. <laughs> and you get in church? Hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah! And we just said everything but a child of God. I don't know what he did. So, it, it, like I said, it, has, it hasn't been easy, 
but you, you get to a point, um, but I know you don't want to talk about the red flags. I think at a point you have like negotiables and non-negotiables. Right, right. And, um, and basically, uh, I think we're at a stage now where we kind of, the, the, the arguments are kind of just, uh, you know, yeah. She, she keeps me straight. Yeah, she keeps me straight. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. But, but, but you know, love is never easy. Let's be real. Yeah. No one ever said love and relationships were going to be easy. And if you find one that is, I may not necessarily trust it. If there's no challenges ever, because I feel like anything that you go through is to build you up. It is to not just you build both of you up, you know, it gives you some something to work towards. Um, but if it came so easy, I would question it, you know. Um, and that's just me. But let's go to um Millicent uh or Darius and then hope. There's a few things I heard that um, the green light, Darius mentioned the energy, and I love the good conversation. You know how they, you know what they say, you let somebody keep on talking, and either you're going to hear something you want to hear, or they're going to say something that you're like, oh, wait a minute, you know? But I love good conversation, and like um, a couple said, you know, she said protector, provider, you know, that's important to me. Um can I take this person around my uh, my family, my brothers? And so, you know, being the only girl in the family of four boys, you know, here's so, so, you know, it's like, I want you to meet my brothers, you know? So it's right. like that. But, you know, I like, honestly, good conversation. Because like he kept mentioning, Darius kept mentioning the energy and stuff like that. And, um, and I just don't want that one good conversation, you know, you know what I'm saying? The one ain't gonna do it. It's not many good conversations. Many, right. many conversations, and um, like you said, that's when you'll feel that energy and everything like that. So that's that's and, that's that's the green light for me. And you know, Millie, not just those good conversations, but you also want them random, not not always at five o'clock p.m. You know, why why can't I just have a good conversation with you before you go to bed or first thing in the morning? You know. A good conversation can happen anytime. Or if I can't talk to you, leave me a message, you know, just so I can hear your voice and 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 I can listen to it over and over again at work and be like, yeah, you know, I can't wait to get out of work. You know, that type of thing. That, that's really the that's the more. energy. But you know what? Can I can I say something like you just said? I'm sorry, Darius. Like um, you just said, Mark. I like this is another thing. Those surprise conversations, those surprise phone calls, text. It, it can just be a text. I was just thinking about you. I hope you're having a good day. And I'll talk to you later when you get off. You know, a surprise thing. What you doing this weekend? You know, take it to a movement. Just, I like to be surprised too. So it don't have to be like you said at five o'clock. It'd be a text, a nice text from him. So, yeah. And then a phone call, right? <laughs> Yeah, you better call. Better call. No. Right. <laughs> Let's go to Darius. Yeah, no, what, what I was saying um, in, in response to, to your comment, Mark, was that is that is that what men want? And, and, and I'm saying that facetiously because the idea here is that, you know, men don't want energy or don't have the expectation from a woman to show interest. You know, like we're supposed to do all the pursuing and they're supposed to just sit there. Now, before I go further with that, though, uh, a couple, how long you guys been married? May I ask again? 24 years. 24 years. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I asked that is because 
Although I agree with everything they're saying, like those are those are definite green flags. So I'm not saying no to that. But my perspective is a little bit different because what I have to deal with now, James, you are blessed that you are married now. Stay married, brother. Because it's hard out here in these streets. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> it's hard in these streets. It's, you know, um, because everybody's so defensive now, right? And, yeah. and, and, and it's all about what can I get out of someone, you know, as opposed to what can I give into the relationship. So what I have to deal with a lot is um, combating demons um, that women have had to deal with. And it's all this men are this and all men are that and all men are trash. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, can I meet a woman who's balanced? You know, who doesn't have all those demons and has a better perspective about me because I don't want to fight all of that, you know. Um, and so that's important to me is meeting someone that's balanced, that has a perspective in life that they don't feel like their way of seeing something is the only way things are or the only way to see things that they can say, okay, I may not agree with you, but I get it, you know, as opposed to, oh, no, you're crazy, you know, this cancel culture thing where. If you don't agree with them, if your opinions, your thoughts, your your perspective about worldviews is not in line with them, then you're crazy and you need to be shut down. So I prefer someone that's balanced and you can talk about stuff, politics or religion, because those are the two things, right? Those right. are the full parts. Those, those are the areas that get real sensitive to talk about. But when you can talk to somebody about that and you may be on different perspectives about it, but still be able to have that conversation, that's good. Um, so for me, th that's big. When I talk to a woman, I need to know that she gives me energy back and there's balance. So we're both giving, we're both taking, we're both putting something in, we're both taking something out. It isn't a one-way street. So. Right, right. And I, and I agree with Darius. Um, you know, a, a relationship should be balanced on both ends, you know, with, with the man and with the woman. Um, Energy has to come from both people because if not, it's not going to work because somebody's always going to feel cheated, you know, not cheated on, but just cheated in general. You know, I'm giving you my heart, you know, and men, men do give our hearts, you know, men love, love, even though we put on a front like we don't, but we love to have that feeling of being in love with a woman or whoever, you know, whatever, whoever you choose, but we're talking about, you know, men and women, we love, love. And we want to be in love. And if we feel like we're giving, 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 and it's not being reciprocated, we're going to pull away. But what I want to get at, though, is that it has to be both people given to reach that point where we can say, let's do this forever. You know, and I think for most of us, that's your end game. We're going to do this forever. I don't want anybody else. It's just going to be you and I together on this journey, you know, and most of us are reaching 50 plus or 50 plus you know we're thinking hmm, wait a minute time is limited now you know i don't want to spend the rest of this journey by myself you know i don't want to be single forever you know and men think like that you know for our listeners if you think men do not want love or be in love you're wrong we do we may not always talk to you about it but let, let guys give it to fellas we ain't always talking about the, right. the football game or we're not always talking, um, as y'all think, we're always in the gutter. No, we we get, have those conversations about, man, I met this woman. Man, I think that's it. She's the one. And, you know, we have those conversations. And then if we get heartbroken, trust me, we talk to our close fellas and we are heartbroken. We're not going to show y'all that because, you know, we try to be all tough. But, yeah, we we have those conversations. We are hopeless romantics just like the women. 
So I just wanted y'all to know that. Preach, Don't preach. Right, right. Just keeping it real. So let's go to hope. See, now we have some hope. There we go. <laughs> there's, there's always hope. There's always hope. <laughs> um, I no, I, I, I agree with what uh, everybody is saying. Really, um, for me, the green flags really, again, I'm big on self-awareness. If you don't know who you are, I can't know who you are. I can't get to know you if you haven't gotten to know you. I know me better than anybody in the world. So if you want to get to know me, that's, it's going to be easy. Um, Really vulnerability, depth, and respect. Um, I don't care what your favorite color is. I don't care what your favorite food is unless I'm cooking for you. Like all of that, let's talk about some real stuff. Let's talk about how you got here. What makes right. you tick? What What's that thing that's going to just absolutely make your head blow off that you're not going to do it? Let's talk about the deeper level stuff um, and not the, you know, WID text and uh, that, that surface level stuff. So the green flags are when you want to have real conversations and you skip over the, the surface level, min, you know, minimal stuff. Um, well, I like the, the fact that you guys are saying that because I think a green flag for women that we don't, I don't see single women taking advantage of as often as we should is people are people. Men are people. Right, right. Men want what we want. I cannot tell you, I've sent the man flowers and got the biggest just, oh my God, I've never had flowers before. Men don't get flowers until their funeral. Nope. Um, send the man flowers send him a card, send him that sexy text, the same stuff that you want to hear, you know, that in the middle of the day, whatever thoughts, if it pops in your head, share it. And, right. and if you can't feel safe and vulnerable with that person, it's probably not your person. If, if that person isn't welcoming, if you know, that man isn't welcoming that it's probably not your person. Um, but you know, I, I, I like that. And it's very um, surprising when men get the same thing that we want to get. But I, I feel like I'm going to give you what I want to receive um, until I know what you want. And if you don't tell me what you want, you're going to get what I want. <laughs> right, right. Got to be open. We're not mind readers. You know, men can't read the uh, minds of women and women can't read the minds of men. We have to be open and honest and share. You know, let them know what you want. Let him know what you want or need. Not even about want. Sometimes it's what you need. You know, this is what I need from a relationship. This is what I need from you. Um, and, and one of the things I always say, you know, you have to be your best uh, relationship ever. You yourself. You have to learn how to date yourself. Know who you are. Um, Self-date yourself. You know, and some people are like, I don't like to be around other people. I don't like to be alone. I get it. But you have to learn how to be with you. Because if you don't know how to date yourself, nobody else is going to learn how to date you. And you're always going to have that same cycle, you know, because you have to know what you like. And the other person, once you know what you like or don't like, you know, you can help that other person get to know you. Um, and and let me, I'm going to say this, and we're going to move. To, we got two more sections to get through. We're going to get through this. Um, I'm going to talk about love real quick. Men don't hear I love you enough. Ladies, I'm sorry. Y'all can get compliments all day long. Um, no matter what, I don't care what y'all wearing. Y'all going to get a compliment. Whether it's sincere or not, you're going to get a compliment. Men, we don't get that most times. You know, sometimes we'll get it. We dress up, maybe we'll get it. But on the average day, 
if I don't say I love you to myself, I may not hear it. You know, if I'm not involved with somebody, I'm not going to hear it. You know, um, I work with kids. I might hear it from a kid. That's different. That's a whole different story. I work in the school system. Kids say I love you all the time. But from adults, we don't hear it enough. We don't get compliments enough. And I know we live in a society that we fear everybody. You know, if I tell this man, you know, that he looks nice, he's going to try to get my number. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're just going to make his day. You just made that man feel happy. You don't know what the man's going through, you know? And we all like to hear words of affirmation. You know, that's very important for all of us, not just women, but for men too. For our listeners, men like to hear words of affirmation. It makes us feel good about ourselves because you don't know what the burdens we're carrying. And I wish more men would come on the podcast to talk about it. You know, and that's a hard thing to have us vulnerable to share these things. Um, one thing, one yes. thing I think we have to be cautious about, especially being married and for a long period of time, is when you do those things, is not to get something back in return. Right, right. You know, a lot of times, because what happens is if the person, your husband or your wife doesn't respond in the manner in which you think they should, then it puts you in a position where you no longer want to do it. Right. But we have to be careful because, one, we may not know what your spouse is going through at that time, what they're thinking about um, that they haven't shared. But that's why it's important that when you do something, that you do it because you love the person, not do it because you are expecting it to be reciprocated all of the time. Because the reality of marriage is, um, it's not that way. Sometimes James would do more. Sometimes I would do more. Sometimes we do it at the same time. Um, but we just have to be careful and just know that reciprocation doesn't necessarily happen at the same time in marriage. Absolutely. Even in relationships. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. We, if, I, if I, I'm dating and I tell someone, if I tell her I love you, I'm saying it because I mean it, not because I want something in return. Because... Let, let's be real. We could sniff that out. You didn't mean that. You just said it because you're trying to, you know, we, we know what people say stuff for. And no, let's just be honest with people. You know, say it because you mean it, not just because you're trying, trying to keep it. I'm, I'm keeping it PG. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, good. We're all, all on the same page. Let's move to the next part. Um, And I'm and we're going to keep it moving. But this next part I'll call Weird Science. Y'all remember that movie from back in the days, Weird Science? And they wanted to create the perfect woman. And as we know, there's no perfect person ever, anywhere. That was just one. And I'm not going to get religious, but it was just one. But what would what is, what is your ideal mate or your perfect person for you? What does that person not necessarily look like physically, but just... What what when you think about that ideal person, what what do you see? Let's go to Hope. You were smiling, Hope. So I figured let's go to Hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> um I ah, that's a hard one to just that's a hard one to just that looks that is, like ah that looks I didn't like say I was gonna make it easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to, 
Oh man, right now that honestly looks like one person in particular and I'm trying to figure out how to describe him. Um, very, very much the points that I, I hit on before, um, you know, depth, self-aware, respectful, um, it listens to gain a, a greater understanding of me and to move forward. Um, that, you know, the, the energy, the compatibility, um, compatibility is, is temporal. It changes like who I'm compatible with now is going to be different than who I'm compatible right. with six months, three months, a year from now, 10 years from now, the compatibility shifts. So you have to have that depth to know that, you know what, this person is right here right now, or I'm right here right now. And we're not really compatible, but at the core, we're still there. Uh, that's really what it looks like to me. Um, minus the visual of what, what he may look like. And even that right now doesn't, doesn't look, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look like what I, what I thought um, previously that would look like. So um, I, I had to open up, like really just open up to what's really important. Get all the surface stuff, forget all the surface stuff that changes. And that's just, you know, aesthetics and superficial. Right. Um, and I don't know if I even answered that question. No, 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 no. There's no wrong answer for this. No wrong answer. It's all the right answers. Your perspective on it. So, yes, you did. Because I, I took out the surface. Because, of course, we could say, I want this person physically to look like this, this, that. And no, nah, we, we, we know that. We know we, we like certain things about people on the outside. But digging into the inside of a person, that's where, where it really matters. Let's go to Darius. Um. Man, so, you know, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of the things that we've already talked about, right? Since we're not mm -hmm. talking about surface stuff, then a lot of it's got to align with what we've already talked about. So it has to be a woman that, like I said earlier, the last thing I mentioned was someone that's balanced, someone that gives the energy, um, someone that knows how to communicate. So all three of those things we talked about, somebody that um, is willing to be vulnerable and that I can be vulnerable with. Um, you know, that, because again, like we mentioned before, being able to be vulnerable, that's taking it to another level that, you know, you don't have with your associates and your friends and your homies, you know, right. there's a certain level of vulnerability you may have with one of your homies, your girls or something, but, but that mate, that person is going to be your partner in life. They get to see all of you that you don't show to anybody else. So being able to be vulnerable with that person and knowing, I think James mentioned this, uh, one of them two mentioned it um is being vulnerable and telling your fears your your hurts your pains um you know where you messed up in life whatever and that knowing when you go to bed that person is not going to weaponize the information that they have later so being able to be vulnerable with a person to that level helps to create a deeper bond and and that's really what i want because i dealt with the surface stuff and millie i don't know if you're the oldest one on here you might be but I've had some experiences because of those experiences. It's like, yeah, no, I I want that real deep connection now. Like, I, I'm I'm going into the last part of my life. I need to have that connection. I want to experience that. So that's all I know. That, Thank that's you, Darius. Point. Yeah, that that's a good perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Um, before we get to the Smiths, let's go to Millicent. 
I have to say this, um, Darius, you act like you miss Jane Pittman, the way you're saying I'm coming to the last end of my life. I'm like, what is he? You have to go to drink a water? What? I mean, you know, like, miss Jane Pittman, the way you're talking. Um, no, like like he mentioned, we talked about a lot when it comes to, um, you know, that perfect mate. First of all, there's not a perfect mate. Um, well, for you. <laughs> well, for me, there's not a perfect mate, because not to be funny, right. you didn't talk about, I was going to ask you, do you mean looks, Mark, or do you want, you know, I wasn't sure, but because I always had that list. I used to have a list. No more lists. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, he gotta be tall. He gotta like Michael Jordan. He gotta do this. He gotta do <laughs> no more of that. No more of that. That went out the window. But you know what? I don't, I don't another thing, like we we're talking about the energy, good conversation. I don't, I don't, I don't want a yes man. I want somebody to be able to say, Millie, you know you was wrong. Oh, you know, right. babe, I don't agree with you on that. You know what I'm saying? Don't always agree with me. I want to hear what, you know, but sometimes you got men out there just going to agree with you just because they like you. They into, But I want somebody that's going to be a little bit challenging. You know, you know what I'm saying? In a good way. Um, sometimes it's okay to have different opinions. But like we mentioned before, that energy, it, it has to be there in good conversation. Absolutely. That's, 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 that's all. That's what I'm all about. Awesome, awesome. Let's go to the Smiths, and then I will uh, add my two cents, and then we'll go to the very last part. Okay. Yeah, and I, I keep thinking about what this, what the sister said about self awareness, and uh, one thing that I've always been cognizant of is I always knew my strengths and I always knew my weaknesses. Um, everybody always say what they're good at, but they're quiet about their those quiet spots where they fall way short. And I think what I clearly understood um, when I met Tanya over the years is that someone that can supplement supplement my weaknesses yes, and shortcomings yes. and, and complement my strengths. And I think that's where that balance is. Because first of all, uh, she's a whole lot more intelligent than I am. That's one thing. So that was one thing, but <laughs> the key thing, but one thing, yeah, uh, supplement my strengths and complement, uh, well, you know, supplement my weaknesses, weaknesses yeah. complement my strengths yeah. and that finding that perfect balance that was yeah. that was the closest to perfection that I could find as far as the looks when I met her I had a sit pack um it's still there you gotta got, got, got look for it you gotta look for it it's down there Ooh, James you're funny yeah. bro <laughs> yeah but but uh yeah um but one thing about it lastly um the, the, the outsides are superficial. What's inside is going to what's going to hold it at the end. Yeah. We go through these changes. And it's yeah. amazing because I was going to say the same thing is, especially in marriage, you have to balance each other. But it's exactly what Jamie says. The balance is his weaknesses are my strengths. My weaknesses are his strengths. And for example, he's frugal. I would give away all of our money if somebody needed it. Before we had this food. All right, I'm right. sorry. To <laughs> I mean, I would because I'm a giver. But that balance between us helps us to find a median to make sure that the, that the compromise satisfies both of us. So that balance is what is the opposite things that you have that help each other that that are used to help one another, and also that person that helps you to grow. I'm not the same person that I was when we met in 1998. He has helped me to grow and develop into a better person, to become more understanding of, um, 
of some things to become more aware. So I think that we have to realize that the person who you with, and a lot of people say when I married my best friend, um, I don't look at it in that light, but the person that you with should be somebody that can grow from you as well as with you. Absolutely. Wow. That's powerful. Um, <clears throat> just, just to add my little two cents, uh, I, I think about it. I used to be very superficial also on what I wanted. Um, my biggest demand was I like tall women. If she was six, one, I, I'm only six feet tall, but if she was six, one, six, two, I was like, yo, I want her, you know? And, and that was just, it was very superficial. I'm looking at the height and not the heart, you know? And sometimes you get what you want, but it's not what you need. And I'm learning from that because, um, I got to look at that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm distracted by my guests back there laughing. Uh, uh, we'll get to that later. But um, but I would get exactly what I want. I would say, I want this type of woman. I would get it. But it wasn't what I needed. And what I had to do was learn to evolve over time. You know, um, I, I've actually had to say to someone, thank you for those hurt, those hurtful things you said, because I had to grow from those things, you know. I had a choice. I allow those things to break me or I allow myself to become a new man and evolve from those things and take, because there was some truth in what she said. They were hurtful, but it was some truth. And I was like, man, you know, either I take this, I fall apart or what do I do with it? And I knew I had to live and, and reshape my mindset. And some of it came from my skin condition. You know, that was, that was some of my insecurities. Um, but there was always insecurity before then. But I had to look at the positive aspect of it. You know, this woman said some things that met, that really were important. Although we're not together, we're not dating anymore, we only speak to each other, but the words mattered. So it made me start looking at people differently. And when I think about um, a, a, a future, you know, someone I want to be with, I had a friend say this to me. She said, make sure whomever you date values who you are as a person. And that was something I never thought about. I said, man, you know, did that person value what I bring to the table, who I am, my thoughts, my feelings, you know, um, the things I do. And to me, that's what's more important than anything else right now is being valued. You know, being valued as a man, being valued as an educator, as someone doing this podcast and all the different things I got my hands in. You know, because whoever I marry next, you know, we have a journey. You know, we got a lot of stuff that, that we're going to do together as a couple because I know there are things I can't do on my own. Like James said, you know, we all come with weaknesses. And I want someone that I know that when I'm falling, she's got my back. She's lifting me up. She said, I got you. And when she's falling, I got her. And together we can stand up. You know, that's what I really want and look for. Um. Let me get to one last thing before I get to um, our last discussion. James, what was so funny? <laughs> I, I know you have some type of inside joke. Was it about the height? Hey, look, like I say, we, we, we go back more than 30 years, Mark. So <laughs> when you said tall, I just started, you know. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all, I was, I was- Mark ain't lying, Mark ain't lying, though. Like, I was probably the only guy in the university looking for the tallest woman on campus. 
<laughs> and you know that was our basketball players, but you know, you know. But I'm looking like, man, she's six one. I like her, you know. <laughs> but but you know, we can laugh about those things, but it is not the highest to heart. Um, but no, our last part, so we can wrap things up and we all can, you know, whatever you're gonna do, go to sleep, go get something to eat, sit and laugh, you know, whatever you're gonna do is the Voltron of love. We all know what Voltron. Back in the days, a cartoon, you had the five lines that all come together to form one giant robot. Let's look at love like that. You got five components, so different components of love and relationship. And when those components come together, they make the perfect union for that couple. We know it's not perfect. We know it's imperfect because we're going to have mistakes. But for that couple, you know, I think about the Smiths. Y'all have a union. So... Let's start with you. What are some of those components that y'all had that clicked that created this union that you have today that lasted 24 years? I think the first thing early on, and this this is not even about relationship per se, once we got on the same accord financially, that took away a whole lot of arguments. <laughs> once right. we got on one accord uh, as far as how to manage our money and things of that nature, um, that's a that's a conversation people like to have, but that's an important part. Uh, that because financial stress is the worst kind that'll beat up any marriage, no matter how much you smile at each other. But um, like I said, other than that, um, you know, Mark, going back, Sharp always been like the community activist type, always right. engaged, always that Ungawa Black Power person. So um, still is to this day. Um, so having someone to compliment and understand those beliefs. And, and to support those type of mindsets when I'm out there speaking out against things, someone who will support and those type of things, that makes a whole um, lot of difference. Um, parenting, oh my goodness, uh, raising our children, um, that part, um, have been, having the same vision, um, coming from a, both stress and education, um, giving back, going back to community, those type of things, having the same philosophies. Um, be able to sit down and watch different world reruns for hours at a time. Those type of things. <laughs> Those little pointy things um, that that makes all the difference. I'm not trying to say it was all peaches and cream. Uh, we had some difficult times. There were times I wanted to call Miss Stokes, come get your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted his rib back. <laughs> I was talking about my rib. I said, God, oh, my gosh. Rib back. <laughs> so so it's it's been some it's been yeah. some tough times. Um but when you weather those storms and you get to a stage where all the kids are out and self-sufficient and doing well, and now you're just looking around like, okay, like watching that stage. Now we have to like kind of figure out what you do all over again without the kids needing us or anything like that. But right, uh, right. just, yeah, that, that compliment part. And why I would say that makes, uh, that makes all the difference. Someone that shares the vision. And I think one thing that I just want to go back to that was a big issue in the beginning is just family traditions, the way oh, you grew mm. up and the way you and your perspective on things. And again, it, it goes back to understanding. And a lot of times we just tend to get upset when a person responds the way they do because we don't understand why they do that. And this is something simple. When we first got married, um, his family ate Thanksgiving dinner at what time? Six o'clock, five o'clock? Late, late. Yeah. They ate late. Well, my family ate early. So, but that became an argument because we were used to doing things the way I, we were brought up. 
but then as a couple, you had to create new ways of doing things. So how do you merge your past? How do you merge your history in the way that you've grown up or your experiences to create new experiences for your family? And again, that's a process and that's something that we definitely had to learn how to do over time is create our own family traditions instead of the traditions that we grew up with. Right. So what time do you eat Thanksgiving dinner now? <laughs> Midday. Midday. All right. All right. So hold on. Let me check my calendar. Hold on. Let me see. So like mid, like mid between his and, and mine. So it's around two o'clock. So it's not 12, right. it's not six, but it's around so who two. Does the cooking? So what? Who does the cooking? So let me put that down on my calendar. Thanksgiving at the Smith. No, let me stop. Um, but yeah, but that, that I'm glad you said that. You have to learn how to merge together. Like, you know, because we do come with different traditions. And even if you are, let's say you're you're someone who's dating outside of your culture. You know, you have to learn another culture and respect that, you know, which can be a challenge. You know, you have to be open-minded that they don't celebrate the way you do, or they may do things differently, or look at the family tradition uh, or family in a totally different way, and you have to figure out if this is what I can do or I can handle, you know, because this is someone that I love, you know, and and that's up to the two of you to decide, you know, and that's something we don't often think about um, is culture and i'm saying this now because i was married to someone who was from a different culture and we had a hard time matching because uh the mindset that was brought to the table on her behalf was different from the way i saw things you know and then i would hear comments that i felt were offensive to someone that's born and raised in america you know so you got to take those things into consideration you know how do you view one another and the respecting of differences in cultures and, and family values and all these good things. And um, yeah, it just made me think about it. Sorry. I just kind of did a little sidestep there, but I'm gonna go back. Let me go to Darius. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the key things is I have two 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 things that I think are important. The first one is uh, commitment. Um, saying in your heart and being being at the point where you're willing to make a commitment and understand that right. there's going to be challenges in the relationship. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be valleys, mountains, all the rest of that, sunshine and rain. Right. You have to commit to work at the relationship and to stick it out, you know, and, and to go through you know, the things that you need to go through. I think that that's one of the key things. The other one though, and this one, I always have a hard time trying to express it in a short amount of words. I'm still trying to figure out how to say this in a way that I can say without using so many words. But um, so it's, it's about having similar interest and enough similar. So I guess you can say it's, it's about being compatible, but a compatible across the board. And why I think that's important, and I'm not saying that like you have to be 100% compatible on every single thing, but I do believe that the majority, the majority of things that you both 
have an interest in that you have perspectives on, you know, your worldview and, and, and other things have to align. Um, because when that doesn't happen, what tends to happen is someone's always making a sacrifice in order for you guys to do something together, to be together. And it sounds real good when you first start dating. When you're first dating um, and somebody's like, well, this really surface level, but somebody says, hey, I want to go to the opera and the other person doesn't like opera. They'll go, right? They'll go anyways because they're just happy to be with that person, be around them. Oh, I just want to be with you. Oh, I don't care. Opera, who? Five years later, man, it's still opera. And they never opera. Opera. <laughs> yeah. So when there's a lot of that, it's a struggle in your relationship. Yeah. That that It becomes a struggle. So I, I think that those two things are, are really key, key components. Being compatible and then making a commitment. So... That's what I absolutely thank you for that, Darius. I appreciate it. Let's go to Millicent and the Hope, and then we're gonna start wrapping things up. I hear what Darius is saying, but I, I think there's got to be some kind of compromising in a relationship. I'm not saying everything like you said. You kept using that. You kept using that word align, but you know, I just believe there's got to be some kind of compromising. Um, like you said, trust, um, family oriented. Um, like you always say, you know, that we use that word balance a lot during this podcast also. But um, that's, that's mainly what I look at. You know, it has to be some compromising and it has to be that, that trust has to be there. Um, somebody that's family oriented, especially if, you know, I have a kid or he may have two kids or whatever, because there's some women out there who don't even have kids and they don't even want to date. I've heard they don't even want to date a man with kids and, right. the, and the, uh, you know, vice versa, you know, so um, family oriented is important to me also. Um, and you just brought out culture and I didn't even think about that because I was going to, you know, you said, well, we, this ain't no religious podcast. No, it's not. But if I, I, I was... I'm gonna throw it out there. I was gonna say God fearing, because mm -hmm. to me that's important. That may not be important to somebody else, but right. to me that's important. As a matter of fact, that's my number one right there, um, because that's when you bring in um, Miss um, Sister uh, was saying about the provider, protector, you know. So that's what I think about also regarding God fearing. Um, so that's that's mainly what it is with me. That's that's about it with me. Okay, thank you, Millie. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. And let's go to Hope. I was trying to think of what I could add that hasn't already been said. Um, the two things that stand out for me, intimacy is number one for me, like intimacy. And I don't mean sexual, but that right, can be right. sexual, but intimacy, um, being able to be intimate with this person, uh, even if you don't necessarily feel them at that time, like that day, like you're on my nerves, but I'm not gonna withhold because that's another part of communication. Um, that right. can be that can be detrimental to some people. For me myself, if you give me the silent treatment or ignore me, you may as well cuss out my mama. And I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just as bad. Um, and it's someone who's supportive of you, even if it's not what they're doing or they want to do, 
if they see that it's important to you and this is what you want to do, that they are supportive of you and not waiting right. until the other people support you and then go, yeah, that's my baby. No, support me when nobody else knows what, what I'm trying to do or, or what's important to me. Um, and don't wait until I get a cheering section and then you want to join it because then I'm not, I'm not interested in you being in that. You go back over there and watch TV where you were when I was trying to get it going. So that's very important. And I used to think that like Darius was speaking about the common interest. Um, I actually used to make fun of my best friend and her husband for being best friends. Like your husband doesn't need to be your best friend. What happens when, you know, what happens if you lose him? If, if he's your best friend, what happens then? you don't have a best friend? Um, I was thinking of that all wrong um, because I did experience that in my marriage where it was, we didn't have the common interests. We found out, you know, along the way that, well, I'm doing it because you want to, or you're doing it because I want to. And that's how you, start leading separate lives because right you don't like what i like i don't like what you like well you can go ahead and do that i'm fine i'm secure enough to let you go and do that so that's that's definitely important having that that common interest and being best friends absolutely and, and that support is very important because some of us are involved in a lot of positive things and the worst feeling is to do something great in the community or at work or something and turn around and look out in the audience and there's nobody, although you have someone, but because they didn't show up, you know, and, and I think that's important. Even if you may not like being at certain functions, you got to support that person. Give them that, 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 um, that feeling of I'm loved, I'm cared for this person. Really, they may not like what I'm doing, meaning they may not like the event, but they're here for me. You know, it's nothing like looking out to the crowd and seeing that smiling face and go, wow. That's my man and woman. You know what I mean? So that that support is important. Respect, um, understanding each other's, um, like you said, religion, culture, all these things that come with us as people, you know, that's very important in these relationships and getting to know each other, you know, and it takes time. You know, you don't meet somebody in, in two weeks. You'd be like, I know them. No, you don't. Because in two years, you're still learning each other. You're changing constantly. You're evolving constantly so on that note i'm gonna give every everyone one last opportunity to share something positive with our listeners because we're going to wrap this thing up we went longer than what i expected but it's a great conversation as usual so let me start with millie and then we're going to go right around just some words of encouragement anything you don't have to make it long be open to different relationships and when i say that don't always you never know who won't come into your life? Who's going to be that next person? It may not be coming from, it may not be the next black man that you have, you know, don't always, you know what I'm saying? Keep your heart open. You never, you never know who you won't fall for. That's, that's mainly what I'm going to say right there. Appreciate it, Millie. Thank you very okay. much. Let's go to Hope. Um, I, you know, I would say you're never too old for fairy tales. Just don't, I mean, I, I went to Disney World and saw Cinderella come out, and then I heard this gasp, and I looked around, and I was like, oh, my God, that was me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was me. But you're never too old for fairy tales. Don't give up. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I'm headed to Disney in November, and I'm not going to see the fairy tales. I'm going to see Star Wars. So, yeah, and I might, I might pull out a lightsaber and go out there and hang out with Chewbacca. Who knows? Oh, let's go to Darius. Yeah, um, I, 
mine's kind of in line with hope. Um, what I was going to say is that um, keep hope, keep on um, believing that um, that positive things can happen, that um, there is that person out there for you. Um, as long as you keep a positive attitude um, and, um, you know, and, and like what was mentioned earlier, know yourself, because if you know yourself and know how to love you, then you know how to be loved. Um, and so um, I think that that's, that's important. Stay hopeful. Absolutely. Keep hope alive. Keep this hope, hope alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to the Smiths. Um, I think what I want to say, especially to those who want to get married and are married, is that it takes more than love to make the marriage work. There are people who are in love that are divorced. Um, it takes commitment and forgiveness. And you definitely have to be willing to do both in marriage and understand that those are not weaknesses, but both of those are strengths if you know that you're going to be committed to the person that you're married and that there has to be a level of forgiveness along the way in order to continue, but it takes more than love to make the marriage sustainable. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Come on, James, bring it home. <laughs> then I'll wrap Man. things up. Bring it home, babe. Right, look, um, this, this whole process here, um, like I always say, uh, it's, I want to say it's it's been heavy at times, mm -hmm. but it's never been a burden. And I, I think that's the, the thing is that Anything worth having and worth um, uh, worth wanting is worth worth working worth working for. Um, so, but I think you guys, I enjoyed the conversation. You guys tied it all up. Like I said, you get to a point we have the battle scars. We've had the the ups and downs, but once you get to a place place of just altitude, and all those hardships and trials and tribulations uh, tend to be worth it. And so we're now in the part of just in uh trying to enjoy stuff now. Yeah, absolutely. As long as I can keep watching Jeopardy, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and and I'm gonna wrap things up, but um, you know, I, I do wanna say that, you know, no matter what you've gone through in life or still gone through, never give up on love because love never gives up on you. And when you least expect it, that's when it shows up at your door is knocking is shaking that door but you have to be open to it and ready for it and even if you're not ready guess what it's still going to be there so you know for the listeners out there this is our relationship discussion this is our perspectives on dating and relationships so i want to say thank you for tuning in yes this is a longer podcast than usual but it's a necessary podcast because somebody out there is wanting to restart their lives you know wanting to find that special person or meet that special person and start a life with that special person and we're just provide providing some perspectives on dating relationships and maybe hopefully give you something that you can take with you to ignite that spark and and hopefully we'll some hear some wedding bells in the future for somebody whether it's somebody on this podcast except for the smith she already married or somebody out there listening, you know, and, and that's my thing. I'm always trying to give um, hope, but not the hope that's on this podcast, but give hope to people out there 
that needs it. So I want to say thank you for tuning in. And for our listeners, just remember, love is in need. Love your friends, your family, love your enemy. But most of all, look in that mirror and tell yourself I love you because we don't do enough of it. Y'all take care. God bless. You've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'd like to say thank you to my panel. Y'all take care. Peace and good night. Thank you for listening to Living Life and Love Perspectives with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Vid Friends Podcast can be listened to on Law Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Facebook. Once again, Vid Friends Podcasts are sponsored by my Vitiligo team.